All right, guys, you are now tuned into another episode of the latest podcast on earth. Zay TV presents the Ratchet Hour. And for those of you who are new listeners, we get into a lot of things here. We talk about music, we talk about hip hop, we talk about movies, anything pop culture and hip hop. We speak about it here, okay? And today we got a lot of things to talk about because, like, a lot of things can really happen in one week. And I feel like it's been so long since I talked to you guys. So I'm going to start off with a little good news about myself and the show that we do here. And what I want to start off saying is, guys, we are now on Spotify, all right? So we are not only on Apple Music anymore. We are on Spot. We are on Spotify. We are on SoundCloud. We are everywhere that you can listen to podcasts, guys, okay? That's what I wanted to get off my chest first. And I just want to say, what's good? How y'all feeling out there? How y'all doing? Because I'm feeling great. I got energy. I am no longer sick. I am back, okay, to be on my chest and do my show, okay? So, I always start off the show talking about how my weekend went. And my weekend was really a chill weekend. I got to hang out with my friends, the people that I love. If you know me, you know I love my friends. I got to hang out with Lisa and Trent. Those are my people. And this weekend, we got to see Queen and Slim, all right? I had to go see Queen and Slim because everybody's been talking about this movie, and a lot of people love it, a lot of people hate it, and I actually like, I like the movie. Overall, I like the movie, and I feel like it was a good movie, but it is a controversial movie. Like, if the movie is basically about this, they're not a couple, they go on a date, and the date goes wrong, and then they're on the run from the law. That's basically how the movie goes. While they're on the run, they get to know each other and stuff like that. How do I feel about the movie is that basically, I feel like it was a good movie. It was chill. It was calm. And it was stuff that I liked and stuff that I didn't like. Like, for example, I loved the character that played Slim. And their names in the movie wasn't Queen and Slim. I forgot what their names was. They only told us in the end briefly. If you caught it, you didn't. I kind of like... I like the character of Slim. He was just like a good guy, like a good guy, like somebody who was just who wanted to do right, and he was just the the backbone, the conscience of the movie. I like um, what else did I like? I love the music of the movie. I love the feel of the movie. I also like um, the symbol. It was a lot of symbolism in the movie. It was a lot of themes. Blackness was a big part of the movie, like how blackness is treated and um i also liked how they represented like black spaces it was a scene when they went in a club and basically the people in the club knew who they was but they still allowed them to like have fun and it showed like there's a lot of solidarity solidarity in the black community that like people aren't always fighting and sometimes black people can hold each other down i like um how it's shown that not all cops are good cops because that is true and i like how they talked about a lot of the real life people who died from police violence and it actually took place where Tamir Rice lived I believe or where the incident may have happened with him what I didn't oh and another thing I liked is that they included um Angel from Pose I can't remember her real name but Angel from Pose was in the movie and she played uh, um a regular woman and I enjoyed it because I got to see somebody who's been struggling and trying to come up in this industry and I love Angel and that's what I liked with the movie. What I didn't like is I didn't like the character of Queen. Like, I liked her uncle. He was a good part, but I didn't like her character. Like, she was always complaining, always trying to argue with Slim. And I felt like she was really, like, annoying to me, like, in the movie. Another thing is I didn't like, I didn't like the, um, 
the ending. The ending was very controversial, guys, and I don't want to tell it to you because most of you probably didn't see the movie, but I'm going to tell it to you. Spoiler alert. So if you're hearing this, please skip about five, not five minutes, maybe three minutes. So the ending where they was trying to get to this jet and go to Cuba, the guy that was supposed to take them, he sold them out to get the bounty. He sold them out for a reward, and when they went to get on the plane, the boys pulled up. This white female cop, she was so nervous, she made a mistake, she shot Queen. I didn't like that at all. Then um, um, Slim picked up Queen, and as he was walking with her body in his hands, he couldn't get a weapon, he didn't have a weapon. The cops started to shoot him, and they killed him. And basically, the cops killed them, and they was unarmed. They weren't trying to attack the cops or whatever, and I hated that ending. And the cops spent it as if they were violent criminals. And the guy was sitting there counting the, um, he was counting the money that he made after they died. And I just hated it and I didn't like it because it just shown that some black people have a crab in the barrel mentality. Like even the white people in the movie, because it was this, this white couple that tried to help them, they didn't sell them out. And it was like so many people helped during this journey, died during this journey. And this one black guy just sold himself out instead of thinking about the bigger picture which was what queen and slim represented and i just didn't like that ending it really got me upset don't never trust no man with no don't ever trust a grown man with cornrows that's it that's all and i just didn't like that ending and i feel like this movie just brought out so many like like emotions in me while i was watching it i was mad i was sad i almost cried i never cry in movie theaters and i just and i laughed it was a good movie overall and out of a 10 i would give it like a nine a 9 out of 10 it was a good movie and we're gonna move on or whatever to my next segment of my show which is called love is in the air where we just basically talk about a lot of couples couple things and love and all this feel good mushy gushy stuff so a new couple alert we have ybn corday who was nominated for a grammy this year and i hope he wins for his project lost boy is now dating naomi osaka or oscar i'm butchering her name but she's the young lady that beat Serena last year in the um the tennis tournament or whatever. And I feel like this is a cute couple. They're both young and they're up and coming. And I'm happy for YB and Corday. Next we have Jeannie Mai and Jeezy. Young Jeezy are still going strong. And they're looking cute as hell. As they was in a video. Um they were in a video in the car singing R&B classics like Can We Talk? And it was just like a good vibe. I love this couple of Jeannie and Jeezy. And I feel like it's good to see, like, Jeannie finally happy because if you follow the real, you know, she got divorced and Jeezy, he's been in relationships too. And I feel like they just find, they match each other. And she's always had a crush on Jeezy and she always said that was her celebrity crush. So I am in the business of speaking things into existence, okay? She spoke Jeezy into existence and they are together and I love them and shout outs to them. Then we're going to talk about Diddy's 50th birthday party. And some of the highlights of his party was, like, the highlight of his party was love, basically. You know, Brother Love, which is Diddy's, one of Diddy's alter egos. He basically threw the party on Kim Porter's birthday because he wanted to show appreciation and love for her. And uh, some of the highlights of it was the couples that attended the party. We had Beyonce and Jay-Z in matching black outfits. We had Kim and Kanye looking stunning as always. We had Janae and Big Sean there drinking, getting lit. And we had Quavo and Saweetie there. And they, I love, I, I'm, 
I love Quavo and Sweetie's relationship because they're like the young, fresh couple that just wants to have fun, look good, and go out. And they're like drama free, unlike you know other rap couples like Cardisha B and um, Offset. I enjoy their relationship. I love Janae and Big Sean, even though they're drama. They're really they're not drama, but they they have their little moments, like twice out of the year. And it was good to see Jay-Z and Beyonce in the same room. I mean, not Jay-Z and Beyonce. Jay-Z and Kanye West in the same room because they haven't been around each other in years. Probably since Kim had the accident. And there's a lot of pictures going around of Jay-Z making that face when he looked really uncomfortable to be around Kanye West. And I am the Jay-Z out of my friends. Don't invite me somewhere. And you know I don't like this person in there. Give me a heads up. And... But all went well at the end of the day and whatever. And it was another picture scene of them shaking hands and talking. And hopefully this is a right step in the direction for Kanye West. Because I felt like he really started to go crazy once he lost his friendship with Jay-Z and Beyonce. So hopefully they can get it together and squash the beef and give us Watch the Throne too, okay? Because that was some good music. And I feel like Jay-Z and Kanye, they have a great creative relationship. They were brothers at once in a time, and they need to squash it, get over it, and get together, okay? Get it together. And that's it. That's all for Lovers in the Air. We're going to get into my next segment of my show, which is called Reality Bites, okay? Reality Bites is where we just talk about some things that's going on in reality TV, whether we like it or whether we don't like it, and I just break it down. And today we have... We're going to start off with Love & Hip Hop last week. We're going to talk about last week's reunion that aired. Tonight is the part two. So in the part one of the reunion, A1 and Lyrica just hashed out their problems and a lot of stuff that was going on. If you don't know, they're a couple. A1 is a producer and Lyrica is a songstress. And basically what had happened was A1, last year, Lyrica was cheating on A1, but they got over it. They renewed their vows. They came back strong as ever and they thought they was going to do a 360 from last year. And... It was found out that A1 was cheating with Summer Bunny and other young females in the Los Angeles area in Atlanta and wherever, and he was flying them out. They were having studio sessions together and a lot of inappropriateness. And basically what happened was the two were flirting and stuff like that. Lyrica found out about it. And at the reunion, they they started to speak about it. And Lyrica mom was just having Lyrica's back because it's like A1 and Pam are always double teaming Lyrica. So as they got into it, A1 started to disrespect her mother, called her the B word, used the F word, commented about Lyrica's mother's lips and stuff like that. And I just think it's unacceptable to go that hard against your partner's mother at the end of the day. Like, I definitely feel like these two are toxic to each other and they just need to leave each other alone and just go their separate ways. But I definitely feel like A1 was in the wrong and I feel like Lyrica, the moms, both mothers, Lyrica, G, and Pam need to stay out of their kids' love life. And then I feel like you, A1 should has more respect. Like, even if you doesn't don't like some your partner's mother, you don't have to go that hard. Like, that was a 10. He should have been a calm, a calm six, not a 10. And it, it didn't, it was just unnecessary. And I feel like these two just need to leave each other alone. And that's it on that, okay? Then we also had April, everyone versus April and Fizz. So finally, April and Fizz told the truth that they are in a relationship and that they are actually dating, having sex, whatever they want to call this relationship. And basically, everyone came at them from 
Paris, Zell, Moniz, um, Jake Bug even came at them. And basically, um, they were coming at April for lying and sleeping with Amarion's bandmate. And then April tried to say that Jay Bug slept with Amarion's mother. Like, that's what they hinted to and the blogs was talking about. And basically, um, as it went on, the show went on. It was just like everybody versus April and Fizz. And I do believe that they deserve it because I do believe that April was wrong for sleeping with Fizz and messing up Jay. But that messed up the group. That messed up Jay Bug's money, messed up Fizz's money. And I just feel like that's wrong. It's too close to home. Why would you date someone that's in the group with your baby daddy? And at the end of the day, it's disrespectful to your baby father as well. And I just didn't like that. And I was glad that everybody kind of said their opinions and stuff like that. But one of the things that I noticed is why do Zell and Paris care so much about what April do? Like April do. I understand they were friends or whatever. And I understand that like, she may have not told them what happened, but in the, the it just didn't connect to me why them two were going so hard on April, wanting to know this, wanting to know that, and being angry because this didn't have anything to do with you. And I feel like they need to just I don't like Zell and Paris as a whole. I feel like they're bullies and they just they April was their storyline this season and I feel like they don't bring anything to the show and I feel like they need to go they were K Michelle and Masika's lackey and now Mona just gave them a season because they had some good moments last year but they don't have a storyline I don't want to see Zell's little shirts with the um the the bedazzled t-shirts from the flea market I don't want to see Paris no neck ass because at the end of the day it's like what are you here for? You you're not a musician. You don't have any talent. Like it's like you're just here for no reason. And I'm just over them too as a whole. And I just feel like Mona needs to recast the Hollywood season. It's Monice's last season and this sucks because Monice is good TV. She's entertaining. She's actually the talented singer. And I feel like Monice shouldn't leave the show. Like I'm I really love Monice. I love Monice a lot, and she's really good. She really helped the show get to where it needs to get. But I don't feel like Monice needs to leave the show. I feel like um, Mona needs to recast and bring back some of the OGs of the show. Like, she needs Tierra, She needs Masika. She needs Hazel. She needs um, Soldier Boy. She needs um, all the season one people. Bring back Amarion and take April off. Um, even bring Willie and Shonda they came season three or season two. They came season two, but I like Willie and Shonda. Bring back Miss Nikki Baby. Um, I don't like her, but you can even bring back Little B, Little Brandy. Like, bring back the people that made the show what it is. You can keep Lyrica at A1, and I feel like everybody else just has to go. You can keep Lyrica at A1, but everybody has to go. It should look like season one or season three, which I feel like are the best two seasons of the entire like love and hip-hop hollywood brand and mona listen to me girl how many times i have to tell you to recast recast mona recast okay all right that's it for love and hip-hop guys i'm gonna move on to my next reality show that i chose to talk about this week which is real housewives of atlanta the ghetto one y'all the one we like with all the shade and baby hairs so basically Portia and Dennis are continuing through the motions. If you don't know, Portia is one of the breakout stars. She came during season four or five or whatever. And basically, um, her husband, her fiance, Dennis, 
was accused of sleeping with other women, possibly sleeping with animals, and just being a low-down, dirty dog and doing the dog, okay? And basically what had happened was um, she found out about it while that he was cheating while she was pregnant, and she broke up with him. So during this episode, they were just working it out. They went to their second counseling session, and they actually, it went better than the first one because on the first one, when she found out, she popped on him. She punched him in the face. And I'm just glad that they're doing a lot better now. And I like Portia. And I like when Portia's happy. So if she wants to work on her relationship, you cannot fault somebody on working on a relationship. But right now, it seems like she just wants to be done. But I hope she can get it together and find her happiness, whether that's with Dennis or without Dennis. Because I feel like sometimes these shows equate being in a relationship with happiness. Sometimes you can just be happy by yourself or happy within yourself and you don't need a relationship. And I just feel like I'm here for whatever Portia wants to do. I like Portia. And she's good for the show. She brings a young demographic. She's fun. She's lighthearted. She's a little silly, a little ditzy. But I like Portia. So, shout out to you, Portia. And Dennis. Next, we're going to get into my favorite housewife from this show, which is Miss Kenya Moore. She is back and she is taking this show by storm. And she literally busts through the doors with a marching band. So, if you guys don't know Marlo, which is another one of my favorites. I like Marlo, too. I like all the messy ones. She was throwing a hair event or whatever and a wig event, a wig launch. And she was doing her wig launch. And Kenya, who her and Marlo don't really get along like that. She came in with an entire marching band, beating their drums, playing their horns. And she interrupted this lady's event to promote her own product, which is Kenya Moore Hair Care. Kenya Moore hair care. Get you some hair care, y'all. And she came in with her edge serum. And I think I might need a little bit of that. And she just marched on in and interrupted this lady's event. And then she just stayed. Marlo tried to get her thrown out, but she didn't get thrown out. But I love Kenya and I love that level of pettiness and I'm here for it. And all I gotta say is shout out to you, Kenya, and welcome back. Alright. So and our next thing dealing with this show is that. It seems to be like Nini versus everyone in the show. So apparently this season is like Nini versus everyone. She burned her bridges with half of the cast members. And it's just bad. Like she she isn't filming with anyone like that. She isn't really getting involved with the group as a whole. And I feel like it's her just due. She has burned her bridges. She has a, had attacked each and every one of these women verbally, some physically. And I just feel like she wants them to kiss her ass and... Nobody is going to kiss your ass, Miss Leaks. Nobody is going to sit here and baby you. Like, you are the problem in some of these relationships, Nene. And I feel like you as a woman, you just need to get it together. And you need to do better as a as a woman. Like, you're too old to be wanting people to kiss your ass. Like, the text messages with Portia was a whole unnecessary thing. And I definitely feel like she's in the wrong telling Cynthia who she can hang out with, who she can't hang out with. And I feel like Nene is a, has been a bully over the years. I feel like she was wrong with Eva, and she had she was recording still when Eva told her to take the mic off. And I feel like she was definitely bullying Tanya Sam last season. And these women shouldn't talk to you because you haven't been a good friend. So why are you expecting them to be a better friend to you? And that's that on that with Miss Leaks. We're going to move on to my final thing is Snake Gate, which is a part of Real Housewives of Atlanta. Apparently, Cynthia was venting about her feelings with Miss Leaks to one of the cast members, and one of them recorded her, and now, basically, on the show, there's this big mystery of who the snake is. Is it Yovana? Is it Yovana, or is it Marlo? And my thing is, I 
I really don't care who it is. It's just bullshit. I don't feel like you should record someone having a private conversation like, what is this? Are you part of the FBI? Like, are you working for the White House? Like, what's going on? Are you the CIA? Why are you recording a conversation with someone and then bringing it back to the other person? Like, that is so childish. That is so played out. And it's just whack. And the ladies need to do better and grow up because they're too old to be recording conversations and being little minions for Nene. And... Yeah, it was just a corny thing to do. We're gonna, that's it for Reality Bites this week. And we're gonna move on to another topic. All right? Guys, if you are new and you are a new listener, this is my favorite part of the show. This may be your favorite part of the show. It is my segment called You Won't Believe This. Okay? And that's basically when we get into a lot of things that's going on in news and everything. Okay? So I wanna start off talking about introducing my first topic, which is. Rapper and social media influencer Santana on the beat was shot on the freeway leaving the strip club in Miami known as The Office. So this story really took traction and got bigger when the news footage of him went viral and he was crying and hysterically crying and snot was running down his face. His t- like his makeup was going crazy. He was crying. He was in like a sports bra screaming on the highway and people were making light of it because of how hysterically he was crying and stuff and basically all of that stuff i just told you and it went viral and he was shot in the arm he was shot like grazing his arm his two friends that was in the car was shot whoever shot him pulled up on the passenger on the the passenger side and started shooting which was where santana was sitting so they had to be coming from the club that he was in to see him get in the car but the drama didn't stop there. So it wasn't a lot of background to the story. A lot of people didn't know what was going on or whatever and whatnot. But the Love & Hip Hop star, the Love & Hip Hop star Miami Tip, who is a wannabe rapper and a stripper, she works in the office. She took it upon herself to go live and speak on what happened. She basically said that she was trying to say that it wasn't a hate crime and it wasn't homophobia going on in the club. She was saying that Santana was just being extra, like he was throwing money, which is what you're supposed to do at the strip club. He was dancing, having fun. She said that Santana pulled down his pants, showed his thong and started twerking. She said that he was twerking all around the club. Even though he was throwing money, he was being too extra. And the guys in the club didn't like that. Like, the other men in the club, the heterosexual men in the club didn't like that. Then she was like how they were getting mad because the strippers were staying near Santana and stuff like that. So, while she was making this video, she kept saying the word, it's a gentleman's club. This is not acceptable. This is a gentleman's club. And I just believe that her making this video was unnecessary. And it shows that one... There was a lot of homophobia going on in that club. Like, they were mad because the strippers were around Santana and throwing money. And I feel like the problem with Young Miami, I mean, not Young Miami, Miami Tip, is that she's a part of the homophobia going on in the club, too. Because why you kept saying in the video, it's not a gentleman's club. And then why are you getting mad that he's showing love and throwing money? Like, and then she continued to defend the other men in the video. Like, at the end of the day, if you're being extra and stuff like that, it doesn't warrant you getting shot in the arm it doesn't warrant you almost losing your life because i bet you if it was bobby lights she wouldn't be saying the same thing and then my thing is she kept saying in the video oh i'm friends with bobby light i felt almost felt like it as if it was a white person saying oh i'm not racist because i have a black friend and then it was just annoying to me because it's like 
a lot of these girls, they sit around these gay they, these gay men. They use them for entertainment to do their hair, do their makeup. But a lot of them clearly don't really like gay people. They just use you for to be their clown or to do be their servant. And I feel like she's one of them. She doesn't really like gay people. And it's clear from the video and how ignorant she was speaking on the situation that happened with Santana. And I just wish Santana a speedy recovery. And that's it. That's all. We're going to move on to our next topic. Booty model, personality, social media star, whatever she wants to call herself, Lyra Galore is suing her baby father, P, who is the CEO of um, Quality Control Music. And if you, um, she's suing him, basically, for beating her while she was pregnant, her during her whole pregnancy. If you guys don't know who P is, he's the CEO of Quality Control Music, da-da-da. And that's the people who manage the Migos, um, Layton Green, The City Girls, um, Cardi B, and a lot of the newer artists. And basically, Lyra was saying during her whole eight months of pregnancy, he was throwing her on the floor, punching her in her face, and she could have lost her baby. And she's suing for $15 million, if I'm correct. No, 25 I, I think it's $15 million. And um, she even put out pictures of her eyes, her bruises, black guys and stuff like that and i definitely feel like she should win this and i definitely feel like it's weren't it's warranted for her to win this she doesn't want to get him arrested because that's the father of a child but she wants to be able to provide for her child without needing him and i definitely feel like she should get the 15 dollars because even when she appeared on the black china show it showed that he was isolating her keeping her to like himself and stuff like that and i don't feel like she deserved to be getting hit and I feel like she should win the case. She shouldn't settle or nothing like that. And I hope Lyra Galore is okay. And we're going to move on to the next topic. Next, we have Jennifer Lopez is nominated for a Golden Globe and an Oscar for her role in Hustlers as Ramona, the stripper boss pimp lady. And I definitely feel like she did a great job in this movie. And she should be um, nominated for these awards. And I definitely feel like she should win one. She did a good job at portraying this woman because it's based on um, Samantha Barbash. And I feel like she did a great job at keeping the likeliness of to what really happened in the movie. and I mean, in real life, in the movie or whatever. And I feel like she should win something. But I'm not really feeling Jennifer Lopez right now because there's a video of her surfacing around, um, around the internet and social media of her yelling the N-word out in a song. And she said that with all her heart, all her soul. She said it. Like, she let that N-word out with power. So, I'm not really feeling her right now. And in other Golden Globe news, and I don't know if the Oscars too, but in Golden Globe news, When They See Us was not nominated for anything. And basically, they were snubbed. And that's what happened. Or was it an Oscar? But they were snubbed for one of these bougie little acting awards. And everybody's in an uproar about it on Twitter. And I just had to let you know if you really cared about it, okay? So, next, we're going to move on to... Ari G. Herbo's baby mother is allegedly dating Moneybag Yo, and they allegedly had sex already, okay? He put up a tweet saying that he likes to have his gun in the bed when he having sex. She did a live video, and she was like, yeah, I was in the bed, and I was having sex, and the gun was right there. That shit turned me on. It was so sexy. That's exactly how she talked. And basically... They both saying that they had sex with a gun in the bed. They were spotted in a club with each other and things like that. And I just feel like this is a whack. Like the whole relationship, flirtationship or whatever they got going on. I just feel like it's whack and it's corny. And 
she's really still in love with G Herbo. Like, she's just so mad that she can't get G Herbo. She's gonna just talk to anybody for attention. And I feel like he's just so hurt that Megan is moving on and she don't want to deal with his mess and his drama. And Ari just looks whack to me because she has been around Megan Thee Stallion so much. Like, for her to be dealing with her ex, it's just corny. And I feel like Ari needs to do better. And it's just a weird move. And it's some cornball shit going on. Next. We're going to move on to my girl, Jocelyn Hernandez, the Puerto Rican princess. Hey, May. She is coming back official. It's official, guys. We talked about it last week and the week before. But it's official that she is coming back to love and hip-hop, okay? And she is coming back not to Atlanta, which I wish she would come back to Atlanta and read these girls and tell them how thrifty they are. But she's coming back to Miami because if you don't know Jocelyn, she is from Miami, the Miami area. And she's coming back to Love & Hip Hop Miami. And I just want to see how well she's going to mix with Trina, Amara La Negra, and all the other people on the show. And I just hope we get the same Jocelyn that we was getting in Atlanta. And maybe it's going to do something for the ratings because Miami's ratings hasn't been as good as the first season and as the other shows so i hope jocelyn can bring them some ratings and some excitement because the puerto rican princess is back and she is not going to these two plus tv okay then we have a lot of people are bringing up the issue of drake texting and communicating with 17 year old artist billy eilish and in their messages they just talk about like music and stuff like that but people feel like it's inappropriate because he's a grown man texting a 17 year old I do kind of feel like it's inappropriate. But then again, I feel like this could be a mentor-mentee thing because she has big number one hits and Drake is used to having big number one hits. And he could be guiding her and helping her get better in her craft. And I feel like people are trying to R. Kelly Drake. Like, they are trying to say, like, he's talking sexual with this girl. And if so, because he's been accused of this before of communicating with a 17-year-old girl before allegedly i'm just gonna say drake just needs to stop writing billy eilish even if it's something innocent you don't want to put your legacy and your career on the line like um like r kelly you don't want people to not forget all the great things that you did because this last decade drake has did so much you don't want this one issue to tarnish your brand so i feel like drake needs to distance himself from billy eilish and stuff like that because drake is one of my favorite artists but if it's true that like what people are trying to insinuate about him i will have to stop listening to drake but until then i don't see nothing wrong with the communication and i feel like drake just needs to stop the communication because he doesn't need any scandal around him that little secret baby mama thing was already enough and you cannot tarnish the brand drizzy drake all right we're gonna move on to my next topic which is nba young boy dropped a michael jackson inspired diss track to floyd mayweather's daughter ayana titled dirty little dirty ayana well, it was titled Dirty Ayana. It's just weird because the, the two were a couple before, but he's now dating um, Lyric Michelle from the rap game. And it's just weird. The track sounds just like Dirty Diana by Michael Jackson. I guess it's like a parody or whatever, but it's a diss track, and it's just weird. It's like, it's weird, that, but it's going to make you keep listening to it because it's catchy. But that's that on that. I just, I'm just over NBA young boy and I'm over all these little girls putting themselves in harm's way trying to catch the herpes and I don't got time for that so I'm going to move on to my next topic, okay? 
we have the devil himself, Harvey Weinstein, reached a $25 million settlement with his victims. Well, we're going to call them accusers. He's, he basically paid these the women $25 million to make everything go away. And it's looking like he's not going to get any jail time. And that sucks because Bill Cosby is in jail for the same exact thing. And it's making me feel like Bill Cosby is only in jail because he's a black man. I feel like if you punish one, you need to punish all the same exact way. Because no matter what you're doing, it's wrong. And I feel like he's basically throwing money at his problems and trying to make it seem like he's not doing anything wrong and I feel like they need to lock him up because his stuff came out way before Bill Cosby's I don't even know why he's still out here and allowing to like still work and do things they need to lock Harvey Weinstein up under the ground and throw away the motherfucker key and put him under the jail don't even put him in jail bury that motherfucker under the jail okay next and other Harvey Weinstein news Oprah Coon ass is back at it again I mm, I used to like Oprah a lot, but Oprah is making a documentary about about um Russell Simmons, and basically the documentary is gonna be about Russell Simmons' accusers talking about what he did to them and how he made them like how he sexually harassed these young women. And my thing is, okay, Oprah, I'm here for you making this. I'm not here for you making this documentary because you already tarnished Michael Jackson's legacy making that documentary and now you already gonna now you're gonna tarnish russell simmons um legacy but you're not gonna make a documentary about harvey weinstein and it's coming out it's coming out in the blogs and a lot of things that oprah's not making a documentary about harvey weinstein because he funded a lot of her projects he funded her show he funded a lot of movies she's on and they're allegedly saying oprah signed an nda and she cannot speak on things that Harvey Weinstein did. So because she cannot speak on it, she's going to make a movie about Russell Simmons. Okay? And I'm just going to say, like, you're targeting the godfather of hip-hop and you're trying to ruin his career. But you're not going to speak up against Harvey Weinstein. And this just confirms to me why people don't like Oprah. Like, now I'm I'm definitely team... Y'all know I'm always team Monique, and this is what Monique was trying to tell us, the fuck shit about Oprah. Like, how one... Oprah did Monique dirty when she... Monique told her that she was molested by her family member, and she brought the, that same family member and her mom and dad on the show and then bring Monique. Like, Oprah been doing fuck shit to the black community for years, and I just feel like we need to cancel her fraudulent ass, and I'm over Oprah weird ass, okay? We're gonna move on to my next topic to another weirdo our spanish cousin cardi b aka cardisha b which is what we like to call her here was seven hours late to a meet and greet in ghana and also late hours late for her show so she decided to go on social media and tell you guys why cardi b went on social media saying that her stomach was hurting and she was in so much pain and she went live and sat there on that live and took a shit on live. It was the nastiest, wettest fart I ever heard in my life. And I am sick of this woman, okay? We allow Cardi B to just do whatever she want, whenever she want. She could take a wet fart on live and nobody says nothing. But yet we sitting here dragging Lizzo fat ass for being out here wearing um dental floss and a thong and shirts with holes and stuff like that like i feel like we need to take a time out for lizzo because it seems like it's the popular thing to bash lizzo for expressing herself and we need to bash cardi b for being the nastiest woman in america okay not only with that being the nastiest woman in america she is the 
dumbest woman on earth. She gets the dummy award for 2019. She gifted Offset 500K for his birthday when he was just cheating on her on Instagram, inboxing women, and he's been cheating on her all year, and she's going to give him 500K for cheating. Like, it's people out here that's doing good and ain't even getting 500K. She is officially the dumbest, nastiest person ever, and I just need to find that. I'm, I'm just going to play the fart for y'all. And then we're going to move on because she is so nasty. And I am over Cardi B and her shenanigans. Push. Y'all hear that? Wait. Wait, hold on. There we go. Casey, I thought I was lying because my stomach is really fucked up. Y'all thought I was lying trying to curb be all that shit. Nah, bitch, my stomach is fucked up. Bitch got some motherfucking diarrhea. I don't know what the fuck I ate. I don't know what I drank. My stomach messed up. Y'all thought I was fucking canceling people and shit. Yeah, I'm on that live. I don't give a fuck. Nah, because these Canadian gamers were coming at me. They said I was... All right, guys. We are going to move into our final topic of the day. Matthew Knowles accuses Jagged Edge of sexually harassing Destiny Child members Beyonce and Kelly Rowland. And I think if anybody signed the NDA, it needs to be Matthew Knowles. I am sick of him always speaking up and saying stupid things and doing stupid things. Like right now, he's not only tarnishing Jagged Edge's legacy because they're a legendary R&B group with many hits, okay? Like Jagged Edge had many hits back in the days like Where the Party At, Walked Up Out of Heaven, and the list goes on. And uh, if you guys don't know the history of Jagged Edge and Destiny's Child, they go way back. When D Jagged Edge was big and popping, Destiny's Child was just starting to get traction with songs like Bubba Boo and stuff like that, and Bills, Bills, Bills came later. Basically, Jagged Edge, two of the Jagged Edge members used to date two of the Destiny Child's members. They used to date Latavia and um, Latoya Luckett. And basically, one day, Matthew Knowles, they would see, like, that Matthew Knowles wasn't treating them right. They would look at Jagged Edge's manager and see, like, the differences, the difference between their manager and Matthew Knowles and how grimy Matthew Knowles was, how he was taking their money. And basically, they were working for Matthew Knowles, and Matthew Knowles wasn't working for them. But one of the big issues came when... Matthew Knowles told Latavia and Latoya that their mother can't get on, their mothers couldn't go with them on tour. They, they, he basically kicked their mothers off of the tour bus. And Jagged Edge stuck up for them and was like, yo, what you doing? How you telling them their mothers can't come on our tour? That's grimy. Who does this? And basically Jagged Edge um, helped them and took the girl's mother on their tour bus. And that was one of the big issues, and that was one of the big issues that got Latoya and Latavia kicked out of the group, Jagged Edge. That's what happened. So ever since then, I guess Matthew Knowles have harbored some form of hatred against Jagged Edge, and I know he's even more mad now that he's not managed by he's not managing Beyonce's career no more because she fired him and hired Jay Z, and I guess he just wants to tell it all and take out his anger on everyone, and he just looks crazy and. I feel like Beyonce just needs to go like, Dad, what are you doing? You're saying too much, you're doing too much, and you're messing up my career because Matthew Knowles is speaking on things that don't need to be speaked about, and he's just being a weirdo, and 
He's just doing too much. He's doing too much. And I'm not liking what's going on, okay? And I feel like Jagged Edge needs to definitely speak up about this because it's tarnishing their brand and their legacy as well. And that's it. That's all for this week's You Won't Believe This, okay? That was a lot, I know. It was really a lot to talk about. It was a lot. I had to get off my chest because I'm really tired of Ari. I'm really tired of Cardisha B. I'm really tired of Matthew Knowles speaking when he don't need to be speaking. Like, I feel like he needs to get in the elevator with Solange. And my sis needs to boo bop him up because he talking too much. And he don't need to be talking. Please, I'm tired of that shenanigans. Next, we're going to get into one of my favorite, favorite segments on my show. It is called Weirdo of the Week. And this basically is where we give someone very much deserving the weirdo of the week someone who is just weird and is just doing too much and don't need to be doing nothing okay y'all and this week's it was a lot of people the nominees for weirdo of the week this week is cardisha b for taking a wet shit and fart on live matthew knows for speaking when he don't need to be speaking Ari Fletcher, G Herbo's baby mother, for dating Moneybag Yo. Miami tip for speaking when she don't need to be speaking and being homophobic. And Oprah, just for just for being weird, okay? And I'm gonna give the award this week to Cardisha B because that fart really tur- turned me off. And I feel like it was unnecessary. It was very disgusting of her to get on live. And instead of being at her meet and greet to be taking a shit on live. Like, that is just weird. That is disgusting. That is inhumane. But I'm going to give a close runner up to um, Matthew Knows. Yeah, I'm going to give a close runner up to Matthew Knows. But Cardi B is the weirdo of the week. It just gets weirder and weirder with her. She is the new weirdo every week. And she needs to sit her ass down and not on the toilet, okay? Because I'm over you, Cardi B. All right? Damn, Cardisha. Why we can't just never have a good week? You always doing something. All right. Now we're going to move on to another segment of my show. Um, another segment of my show, which is the ending segment of my show, it is called MVP of the Week. And we give someone who is very much deserving MVP of the Week. And we just shout them out for doing great things and just prospering in life. Prospering. All right. Oh, my God. We have two. But I want to give one. All right. I'm going to give one person MVP of the Week. But we're going to shout somebody else out before we end the show. I want to shout out our MVP of the week, Zozo Bini Tunzi. Zozo Bini Tunzi. If you don't know who Zozo Bini Tunzi is, I got to say it like that just to get it out the right way. Zozo Bini Tunzi is Miss South Africa. And congratulations to her for winning Miss Universe, which is the biggest pageant of them all. What I liked about Zozo Bini Tunzi is that she was very articulate in her words. Her fashions were amazing. Like, she was definitely best dressed. 
I love that she had her natural hair out the whole time. And she's just a different beauty. Her and the other girls that were up there, like Miss Mexico was definitely a different beauty. But shout out to Zozobini Tun Z for showing little girls that you do not have to look a certain way. Because I definitely feel like in the age of social media that a lot of these girls all look the same. A lot of these girls look just alike, have the same makeup, are the same wig people. And I'm just happy that Zozobini Tun Z is out there showing these girls that you can look different, you can be different, and you can still win, and you can beat them all, and you can be the baddest in the game, okay? So shout out to Zozobini Tunzi for being this week's MVP of the week. I also want to give a shout out to Destiny's Child member Michelle Williams, who was unmasked as the butterfly on The Masked Singer. Shout out to Michelle for getting up there, singing, and killing it, and showing people that she was very talented, and she is one of the most talented singers out there. Because low-key, Michelle has some of the best parts in Destiny Child songs, like Do It Love, I I like to verse in Survivor. I like to verse in Girl. Um, I can tell you, Ben Hiding, you needed somebody to talk to. Shout out to Michelle, okay? She is very talented and she's a beautiful soul, and I love Michelle Williams. She gave a beautiful speech, guys. So go to her Instagram and show Michelle Williams some support. And shout out to our MVP of the week, Zoza Tun Z, okay? All right, guys. That was a lot this week. I had a lot to get off my chest. I was so excited to get back in the studio, get back in the booth and talk to you guys. Okay. And this is the end of my show. So sad, guys. I will be back every Monday I do my show, guys. Even if I have to do my show from my kitchen house. But, I mean, my my kitchen, okay, or my living room table. But I love to do my show in this studio, guys. So I don't know how that's going to work out. But I will continue to give you a show Record it every Monday, put out every Wednesday. And yeah, that's the end of our show, guys. I love you guys. Thank you for rocking with me. Shout out to all my new supporters. Shout out to everybody that's listening to me on Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Music, because we everywhere. We on multiple platforms, you heard? Okay? We in the building, y'all. Y'all already know what time it is, okay? So if you guys want to know where you can reach me at, you can follow me at Instagram at underscore Rashamel. That is underscore R A S H A. M-E-L. You guys can follow me on Facebook at Alize Rashamel. You can find me on Snapchat at Zeta God. You can find me anywhere you need to find me. And that is God with two Ds, okay? This is the end of my show. Make sure you tune in next week. You heard we out, okay? 